Welcome to Moment Talk. I'm your host, Shisa Moore. On today's guest, he's been divorced twice, and he is an abusive man, but he is changing for the better, and that's why we call this episode On the Other Side. But first, let's thank our sponsors, and let's get right back into it. Today's sponsor is Collective Vision Fashion. Do you know how to sew, or are you a fashion designer? This group is seeking for fashion designers and to competing in winning cash prize. Well, if you do, check them out on Facebook at Collective Vision Fashion. Now on to the show. We are super excited today. Our guest um, has been through some tough times. And he's learned to love himself and he's still practicing that. We'd like to welcome Jack. Mr. Hang. How you doing, man? I'm fairly okay. I guess. Long day, getting cold, but always drive through. Can you tell the listeners one thing we do not know about you? Mm, one thing you guys don't know about me is my Hmong name and family call me as Raming. That's my birth name. Is that on your birth certificate, right? Um, yeah, yeah. The, the green card, yeah. Why don't you have the name Jack? And then we're going to talk about one oh. other thing. Yeah. I got named Jack uh, after I got my citizenship based on the Jack from Metal Gear Solid 2. Now, another question is, how'd you get the name Jack O'Hyde? Um, I got that from uh, watching Arthur from the PBS Kids shows back in, like, way in the 90s and early, um, the early millennial, millennium, and uh, they, there was an episode where they played a song about his friend Brain reading the book Jekyll Hyde and he turned into Jekyll Hyde and started singing the song. It was really catchy, so it followed me throughout my entire life. When did you get that nickname? How early was that? Well, I, uh, the nickname, I, I put it on me. I chose that nickname just as of this year, but the song, you know, kept on coming in my head in my entire life and uh, on last year I started to uh, realize a lot of things in life and wanted to understand the other side of myself so you know did a little research and uh, landed upon Jekyll Hyde's uh, story from Europe so I took upon the name so to help uh Everybody else uh, realized Jekyll High. And let's edit that on the other side. On the other side. <laughs> you have a podcast about that. Can you elaborate a little bit more? It seemed like it's, I listened to a few of them. It's kind of like about yourself and your reflection and, mm-hmm. and such. Can you explain more? Well, the podcast. 
I had a hard time understanding myself or understanding the other side of myself. And so I had to network. I had to add more friends, just conversate with anybody. And a lot of it was with uh, a lot of divorcees. So then I thought, oh man, everybody's hurting. So I've been trying to empathize with uh, many other people, men and women. So it's like me jumping to the other side, you know, putting myself into their shoes. It didn't, the word other side didn't really catch on until George Floyd. And uh, had to do a little patrolling on the east side of St. Paul. And uh, I just felt so much of the world's pain that I'm like, I'm going to jump into everybody's shoes, uh, empathize, you know, jump into the other side. And then Red Hot Chili Peppers' song, Other Side, came came in my head, too. <laughs> yeah, so using my alter ego, Jekyll Hyde, I'm like, oh, Jekyll Hyde going on to the other side. Yeah. I like that. Going on to the other side and finding yourself, were you introverted? I am an omnivert, okay. uh, ambivert. Extroverted introvert, you could say. Your uh, podcast is pretty interesting. You talked about self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you to ex- explain to me more about that. Uh, we want to talk about this episode because we are you divorced twice now. Yep. And you come and confine yourself. So please do tell about maybe the first podcast you made. So. First podcast with uh, after the events of COVID or um, the lockdown and looting, I just felt that there was a lot of love. The world needs a lot of love, and it wasn't people were looking in the wrong direction. So I wanted to speak about love, which was what I used to preach back in two thousand. 12 but um i sort of shifted directions and went on to marriage instead and i spoke about uh the movie fireproof uh made in 2008 uh i spoke about that because it was about you know Caleb Holt a hero a fireman he's a hero to his community but he can't be a hero to his own wife, his marriage. And, you know, growing up, I'm driven by superheroes. So his role played a critical role into my mentality, thinking that, you know, it is true. A man's got to be a hero to his wife before anybody else. So... I use that as an example, and watching that movie over and over, I don't know how many reruns I watched it, but just trying to understand it, trying to force myself to be the uh, the role model 
I still suck at it, but still trying to uh, better myself. You know, coming from being being uh, from lacking awareness in my marriage to being all romantic or being serious about life and my job and family. With the fireproof, you watched it over and over. What was the one key point that you took away from that? Key point I took from that was when he was uh, taking the 40-day challenge, Love Dare, upon going halfway through, he was not putting his heart into it. And he was just struggling, and he was bitter and resentful, and he just tells his dad that it's not working. She spat in his face and so forth. And his dad says, don't, uh, while his dad leans onto the cross, his dad says, don't you think you spat in his face too? That he loves you even though you don't deserve it? And in religious, in, in Christianity, I can't remember if anybody ever talks about self-love, but uh, that is kind of what it's talking about. His dad says, you can't, uh, you can't give her, because you can't, uh, I forgot what he said by quote, but, but he said something around like, you can't give what you don't have. And honestly, that didn't strike me until this year. That you got to be considerate of your yourself. You know, you got to have that self love. Let it overflow and be able to love somebody else. So that was very critical to me when he when his dad said that can't give what you don't have your mindset now after watching it and self-love let's go back when you were i'm pretty much not married yet did you have almost i'm assuming you didn't have the same mentality and self-love no i did not i was gonna say because you didn't love yourself back then how can you love your wife even more and give the same love? That's where I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. See, before I got, ever got married, I was always a go-getter. And yeah, I, I had my own selfish needs too. But at the same time, whenever somebody needed something done, asked for something, I immediately drop what I'm doing and I just go. Whether I was hungry, tired, didn't brush my teeth or shower, I just go. And my life was on demand pretty much. I was just always on the go. So um, I didn't come to realize that I didn't love myself, that I needed to 
say no sometimes and take care of myself. Okay, that was then when you're single. During your, let's talk about your marriage. How did you give them their needs? If your wife asked something, or you just drop and go, or were you still kind of selfish of yourself? Um, a little both, half and half. I tried. Uh, I think the word is compromise. Is the word you're looking for? Yeah, I focused on what they actually wanted, not what they needed. What did that result into? Boiling them. On something they didn't want, so. Uh, something that wasn't needed. Wasn't needed. Yeah. Was it, was that, could have been done with communication? Yeah. Well, that would have been both, both parties' fault, or, or yours, or theirs? Uh, it was both, um, you know, upon taking the liberty to do something good for somebody, uh, without realizing that whether they need it or not and just doing it when they receive it, if they were also thinking they would have. So, like, scolded, you know, they were, they would have said something about him, like, you don't need to get me this just because you think it's pretty or, you know, but nothing was said. So it was like, uh, it was just a, oh, okay, thank you. And then you think in your head, like, oh, kudos for me. So I keep doing it. What if you didn't know, or, or what if you didn't know that that was not showering them with gift was not something they received as a love or a thank you, rather than saying, or just rather just spending time with them rather than showering them with gifts. Are you are you understanding where I'm coming from? This. Um, repeat that one more time. <laughs> I'm I'm referring to a book called Five Love Language. Some women okay. and men, you know, they the way they receive, you know, love is different from one woman to another. So with men, some might like gifts and shower, and, and that's for you to understand. Or sometimes they themselves, your ex wife, to understand that you know that's how I like to love is being mm -hmm. showered with gifts. That's if that's they call their love language. Yeah. Were you aware of what they wanted as a love language? That's what I'm trying to get to here. Oh. Uh, no, I was not. So you would make the assumption to shower them with gift would resume to kind of say you love them. I mean, you appear about your attention, you know, but just the way they came about is just not how they want to be loved. Maybe they just yeah. want a simple, a simple hug or compliment, yeah. but no, no gift. That's fine because that's how they want, right? Mm-hmm. And that was something that should have been done on my second marriage. But uh, for the first one, though, we were young, just wanted to party, wanted to look good, be, you know, with the crowd, wanted to have what others had, even if I had 
even if it uh, emptied my pockets. And uh, that got us nowhere, so I didn't understand that part where there was a time and place for showering gifts and a time and place for hugs and kisses, you know? I mean, your, your first wife seemed to be a good woman with good ethic and submissive, but she didn't, she lacked ambition, right? You were pretty much kind of the breadwinner in the, uh, in the fat, that first relationship in marriage? Um, it was half and half. Uh, I had good ethics, but I just didn't really practice what I preach. Uh, I, uh, an example of that, such as, uh, I'd say you shouldn't steal from others, but yet if I found a wallet out there, I'd take the wallet and take the money. Okay. I, uh, my ears got hammered for that from her too. <laughs> Okay. It was unethical too, but um, we had our differences in in terms of ethics. I see. Yeah. Let's dive a little bit deeper about that, about your marriage and your divorce. Um, I mean, what 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 was the first thought that came to you when you realized that you were the problem in the relationship? Um, as far as the first one goes, I realized that I was very aggressive. Uh, I turned normal conversations into arguments. I flipped out on almost anything. Um, I didn't like people, I didn't like, uh, I didn't like my parents up 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 all in my business. Uh didn't matter if there was a car accident or something unethical I did, such as the wallet scenario. Um you know, like I said, she was submissive, so um what I did wrong in her eyes Sometimes she doesn't know I'll snap because she would tell my parents and then my parents would flip out on me whether it was legitimate or not. And yeah, two things ugly sometimes. And uh, I had to reflect on that, realizing that I needed to close my mouth sometimes. That same. some things were just were unnecessary. And then the same question about the second wife. Uh, that too. Same thing, but exact it, thing. You didn't learn a thing yeah. at all. Except uh, she, what do you call that? Um, red lip, uh, more of a chatterbox than chatterbox I was. Chatterbox now, yeah. Yeah. So. She wasn't as submissive or obedient, a little, a little immature. 
and she's from overseas actually so uh coming into this society things are different from over there and you know she snapped right away retaliate uh argue back right away and it was just frustrating so we had a lot of arguments and i lost my temper a lot how do you plan to use this realization to improve your future relationship watching uh watching some of my friends my dad some some of my cousins i get it that everybody flips out sometimes but it seemed like I'm the only one that flip out on every occasion, and I just realized I'm causing my own headaches. Some things are, some things just aren't necessary for someone to flip, flip out for. So uh, I had, I just had to learn to breathe and think before I speak. Realize that. Is this little issue worth the relationship, worth the marriage, you know, worth my sanity? So I try to think about that a lot before I speak. Still working on it. With a lot of verbal, that means, you know, that means you are probably getting too very verbal abusive yeah. with your two ex-wife and probably yep. calling them the name under the sun too oh the first one yeah a lot of names a lot of things and uh i just took it as what do you call it a second nature you know just like how uh people use customers these days but i didn't realize until after that that what you what you manifest what you speak of, what you speak of it becomes that it's safe to say that you were verbally abusive to both of your ex-wives yeah okay pretty sure you know i'm not afraid and man up that and i'm pretty sure you apologize enough, but you admit that. Yeah. Okay. At one point, you slipped and you physically hit her. Oh, yep. Um, both, actually. Why? The, uh, the first one, she flipped out on me because her sister-in-law needed a ride to somewhere and she wasn't home at that and my wife wasn't home at that time so uh the sister-in-law the sister-in-law the brother-in-law's uh the brother-in-law was you know just a lot worse than i was and uh so she came over and she asked if i could take her to uh, downtown and so and so I'm like okay sure why not I'm not doing anything so I did come back and uh, 
my ex-wife, uh, she flipped and she's like, she doesn't want me doing that. I'm like, well, I just didn't see the problem. So I, you know, I'm talking back like, why are you so mad at just for that? I, mean, I don't see any problem to it. And she flipped out real hard on me and yeah, I did a little, little swipe. That was it. And God, my sister was on the other side of the door and she's like, my sister was just snapping at me too. So I'm like, oops. You deserve that actually too though. Yeah. And then it happened again for your second wife. Yeah, the second one, uh, honestly, she was going overboard to a point where she like she want she want she was going overboard to a point where uh, I actually thought she was gonna kill herself, and uh, it was just so crazy that I was like, okay, if you wanna. Go if you wanted to go that route and go ahead, just know that I wasn't here. And she literally did it. So I'm like, oh no. So I'm shaking her, pulling her away, and I had it, it just came out of instinct, you know. Like, wake up. It's not necessary for you to uh to act this way. As you reflect on your past now. What were the thoughts that that came to you when you committed the abuse you did? And what were the emotions that came over you before, during, and after? Well, as far as emotions go, yeah, um, there's words to, to talk about, but they always wanted to go overboard and being trying to calm them, you know, I I lose my I lose my head too, and it's like wake up, this is reality, but not really not realizing their their feelings that whatever that I did may have caused them to be emotionally hurt, and not being aware of that, I just thought. I'm always either selfish and not think consider about others or I'm an airhead. I'm always up there thinking about something else. And didn't occur to me until my uncle said you should never lay your hands on your wife or another woman, period. I had to reflect back to my childhood where, you know, I'm watching uh, Jet Li's movie, Wong Fei Hong, you know, and he's always talking about never hitting a woman. And I embodied that. I took upon that uh, principle growing up. I really tried hard not to to do that, but in the end, I I did the act and I just felt really... Felt like I betrayed myself, you know. And you feel really guilty, really bad. Yeah. Even though watching that and to help, you know, watching that Wolf at Home movie to help guide you, but still you were guilty because you did do it. Yeah. 
after all. Even just once, it it made me resent myself to to an extent. Now, what was your perspective about your first wife? Well, she uh, she also has a stepdad and a mother just like me, but they live in the outskirts of Pennsylvania, and uh, they go to church. So I assume she was she had a good upbringing, but as far as ethics goes, you know, so she has that uh, obedient mentality where someone asks you to do something, if you can, do it. If you can't, it's okay to say no. And, but because she, because I was always aggressive, feared that and she always did anything I said whether it was reasonable or not and that led to her spoiling me you seem like your aggressive made her aware that she's she either obey what you did or if she did something outside that was questionable of her getting verbally attacked, she would hide that from you, correct? Mm-hmm. What was your perspective on your second wife? Uh, second wife, <laughs> they say chicks overseas have a voice of, of a goddess or something, and I really believe that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, other than that, they say, you know, chicks overseas are wife material. And I'm like, and they, there's there's also a saying that chicks overseas are gold diggers. So I'm like, ah, we'll see about that. So I just did it. I just got married to her because, just because I did, just because I can. But, uh, but yeah, I did love her, or so I thought I loved her. and. Uh, saw that uh, wife material side of her, you know, just going overseas and uh, having gourmet meals that you would see at funeral homes uh, on a normal dinner night. I'm just like, wow, no, no ramen noodles, no uh, scrambled eggs. It's like, uh, what do you call that? Uh, braised beef, you know, just gourmet. Stuff you would find in uh, fancy Thai you restaurants. Get a nine, you get a nine-course meal just when you got home. That's yeah. what you're saying. So I'm just like, wow. You know, it's, it is what they say. And that's what I valued about her, too, for the second wife. Jack, I'm coming from my side here. It's like, she's your wife, not your slave, Jack. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we, it's not that we don't know how to cook. The simple of just cooking is to just to survive, period. Yeah. Right? Men or women, it's just to survive. Right? Yep. Now, how were the two relationships similar or different? And how did that difference or similarity make you 
realize that you were the problem now? Um, the relationships was similar uh, in uh, as far as uh, just ethics, morals, you know, things that they felt were wrong and they scolded me for it. Uh, but otherwise, the first one just gradually, the first one decided to keep things quiet and do as I say, while the second one was quick to uh, quick to respond. And it made me frustrated. Like, why do you always talk back? Because the first wife never stood up to what she believed in, correct? Hmm? Man, it sounded like you were a really strict drill sergeant or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, that does have a... That does play a, a critical role in it, too. Uh, coming from having a military background too, but I guess you could say you are who you surround yourself with. So a lot of shouting growing up and just going to the army uh, didn't make things any better. It just made, it just caused, caused more shouting, which is placing place and time for shouting and none that needs to go to that extent but I did it anyways you know by now some men even a majority of women it was like peace out the guy your interview sounds like a total narcissist prick and he's abusive but the message of the story today ladies and gentlemen is how this man has seen that and he's consciously know that he is the problem and he's working on himself to the, be the best version of himself mentally, physically, spiritually, and wholeheartedly to love himself. Yeah. That's true. I know that you are resentful for what has done. I do not wish ill will. I hope any of our feminists or you know women on there don't wish any ill will. We grant that that was the past, and I know you are very apologetic for what has done. Yeah. But more importantly, we wanted to summon you to talk about and be open because this is raw. This is very raw, man, and mm. you know very raw. And I'm I'm happy you're open to talk about this subject because it is yeah. domestic violence awareness month. Yeah. And you are the only guy that's volunteered because you were the perpetrator. The really? One did it. Yeah, it's domestic violence month. Wow. That's why that's I cool. summon you. Sorry to pick <laughs> on you, but that's why I summon you. That's uh, fine. You know, um, they say uh, a lot of good things come at inconvenient times and you just wing it. Go with the flow. Because 
If you wait to be ready, you will never be ready. It's about, it's all about, life is all about just letting it come and not taking it as being the victim, but take it as a lesson. If you didn't have self love, that means you won't have self, you won't have fulfill your love to others. Yeah, that's true. This is schooling, and then obviously your two wives and uh, yourself, even, and then even it's just friends, right? Loving yeah. friends for who they are, but mm. first is just self love is a key point. And you realize that the problem was because you were, you know, it wasn't considered of your own intuition, your feelings. Yeah. And you only try to meet other standards. Yep, right, that's true. Yep. When did you come until this year? As you said this year, you suddenly realized that as you're yeah. a, a wiser man in your mid thirties now, you realize yep. that I'm the problem. Yeah. I'm changing. Who's just this year? Is there any therapist or or self book you've been reading to help you? Uh man, it's. I swear, I it's been a long time since I read a book, but this year I started with uh, the Book of Five Rings, by uh, written by uh, Masashi Miyamoto, and I didn't get too deep into it, but I did read some parts of it, and then. I went back into the Love Dare, the Love Dare book. Uh, watch more reruns. I'm like, this is it. This is the year. Something's gonna change, and I'm, and that's gonna be me. How about like any podcast or YouTube videos you follow? Oh, the podcast didn't. I I didn't even think about the podcast uh, early this year. It just came on right after the riots. I mean, no, no, I mean, other podcasts help you, not your podcast, oh. but listen to other people's podcasts about self development and such. Mm, I did listen to. Uh, I forgot who the the two hosts are, but they're they're a couple, and I listened to their podcast uh, last year, roughly six months for six months, and I think it's called. Uh, one marriage or something it's a couple they talk about life love and sex and you know just enjoying the moment with each other so i listen to that a lot and uh that was probably the only podcast i, re I listened to for yourself only and you know we only wish all the best for your advice but just for yourself you know, you have time to heal yourself to be the best yeah. version and the better man, the better moment. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you fall in love again? For the right reason, not because she's a good wife, she's submissive, good cooking, clean, and sex, etc. But for the right reason. Yep. Good intention. I, I would fall in love again. Uh, for the right reasons, right intentions. As far as if, you know, that 
realizing that I have to love myself, pursue my own passions and goals, that no matter what, I focus on myself and whosoever comes along and says, and, and cares about my own self-development, that they help push me as I also help push them to reach their goals. Well, that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our website at www.momentop.com or find us on Facebook, Moment Top. Lastly, if you're listening on, on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play or iTunes, please give us an honest rating. One last thing, we want to give a shout out and DJ Peter for allowing us to use your song and beats. Thank you so much. You can check them out on YouTube.